This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello, 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 my dear friends. You're listening to Chloe Dilly's Seeking Talents on Plains FM. We are excited to have you here with us today. If you missed any past episodes, catch up on plainsfm.org.nz or Apple Podcast. We are here on air every Monday at 3.30pm and every Saturday at 9am. We have another exciting show today. If you want to share your talents, just call Plains FM and book your spot. Let's meet today's guest and hear about their talents. Welcome to Chloe Dolly Seeking Talents, Peter. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners who may not know who you are? Hi, Chloe. Um, my name is Peter Hillary. I'm a, a mountaineer and a writer and a filmmaker, and um, I've done lots of climbs in the Himalayas on mountains like Mount Everest. Could you please tell us what is the title of your book? And I've written a book for, for kids. It's called Four Yaks and a Yeti. What is it about? It's about a little Sherpa boy living high in the Himalayas, up in the village at about 4,000 meters, who goes on an adventure with his four yaks, which are huge, hairy, bovine cows. And he crosses the Himalayas, and he goes to a mysterious place called Shangri-La, and he meets an even more mysterious yeti. The book has very beautiful pictures. Are you the artist who created them? I was very fortunate to join forces with a New Zealand artist called Ant Sang. And Ant did these illustrations, and I agree with you. I think he's done a wonderful job, and they really add to the story, um, embellish it, and they also bring a lot of reality to it because his attention to detail in terms of the Himalayas, the people, the adventure the yaks and what people wore is all there in Ant's pictures. Who are the main characters of your story? Well, of course, there's the little boy, Lakpa, which is a very common Sherpa or Tibetan name, and he goes off on an adventure with his four yaks, and they all have names. There's uh, Yak, Nak, Zopjok, and Zum. And in actual fact, amongst the four of them, they are all the names for these types of animals. The yak is basically a boy yak. A nak is a female uh, yak. Uh, a zopkyok is the uh, common half-breed variety, and the zum is the female version of that half-breed. So they are the four common um, bovine animals used up there in the Himalayas. What kind of animals are they? They're yaks, and they're a type of cow. So if you think of, you know, I imagine most people know about mammoths, you know, the ancient hairy elephants that lived before the Ice Age. 
um, well, these are a bit like the, uh, a, a, a mammoth cow, and they are cows with long hair that comes down to the ground, and they're very nimble, and they're very happy living up at 4,000 meters, even 5,000 meters in the summertime in the Tibetan region. You have a huge respect for the mighty Himalayas and the tallest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. Is that your inspiration to write this children's book? Well, it is. I absolutely love the Himalayas. Um, The people there, the, the amazing mountains, the incredible scenery, all the different ethnic groups, their cultures, and the, you know, the forests and the animals that live there. And all of that was an inspiration to me to write a story about someone going on an adventure, and I've spent my whole life going on adventures, um, and um, basically finding something that they did not expect to find. And that's one of the things I love about going on an adventure, because in many respects, it's not what you find physically in a landscape, it's what you find inside yourself. And young Lakpa learns a lot about himself on this journey. Has your dad ever climbed Mount Everest? My father was the first person to climb Mount Everest with his climbing partner Tenzing Norgay, and I've climbed Mount Everest on, well, I've been up there on a lot of expeditions. What is it like at the top of Mount Everest? Well, it's a tiny little snowy summit, and when you stand there and look around, it's like looking out the window of an airliner. Everything is far, far below. And the mountain sort of curves in under your feet. It's an incredibly exposed feeling. And it's uh, it's very exciting to be up there. But very quickly you realize you've got to get yourself down safely from the top for the job to be fully done. I think climbing a, a great mountain is a great experience for anyone who is a climber. You know, it changes their lives. It changes their lives in the sort of ways that people who pass an important exam, that changes your life, or you you have an amazing experience. Um, it, it's one of these very, very strong experiences that people have. And um, for those who seek out the mountains, um, climbing a great mountain is something that changes you forever. Did you write other children's and grown-up books? I've written a number of books um, about going on expeditions, climbing the highest mountains, skiing across Antarctica to the South Pole. I've also written another children's book, which I wrote quite a few years ago, about a little girl who was living in the inner city, and she was bored. And all she had to do, and this is the point of the book, was to go outside and visit her neighbors and find that life is really very interesting and a lot of fun if you go out and make the effort. Where is Nepal? Nepal is in South Asia. So if you think of Asia, you've got China, you've got India. Nepal is right on top of um, India, and it straddles a lengthy section of the Himalayas, which are the greatest mountains on Earth. Can anyone go on adventures like Lakpa? Oh, yes. No, anyone can go on great adventures. You know, 
mean, you've only just got to dream them up and maybe you need to meet people who give you an, an inspiration. But anyone can go on great adventures. That's the important thing. There are adventures for every single person. They just have to um, get out there and go looking for them. Who did the main characters meet along their way? The main character in this story, Lakpa, meets a whole variety of people. He meets a man playing a little flute with porters carrying huge loads on their backs. He comes across a snow leopard going through a big gorge. There's a a blizzard. He he sees Himalayan mountain goats up on the mountain flanks above. And he meets an old lady who warms him and the yeti itself. So he meets lots of people, and then, of course, he finds Shangri-La and meets the Yeti. Did he base the characters on real-life personalities? A lot of it is based absolutely on on real-life situations, and the details and the pictures and the storyline all exist amongst the villages for people up there in the Himalayas. And many people up there in the high mountains of the Himalayas still believe that there is a Yeti. Where do you think the artist got their inspiration when creating the pictures in the book? Well, of course, Ant is a terrific artist and he's illustrated lots of different books um, and comics and and, um, artworks. And um, we spent a lot of time together going through books, looking at the details. And so um, he used his skills as an artist and the various inspirations from the story and the photographs that I showed him to produce the illustrations that you see in Four Yaks and a Yeti. What is the main message in the book? The main message in the book really is about generosity. And, you know, in fact, that's what I've dedicated the book to. It's to conviviality and kindness and the wonder of surprise. And that's the great thing about going on an adventure. There is the wonder of a surprise. It doesn't matter where you go, there will be surprises. And it comes down to you, how you deal with them and how you make the most of them. What do you do when you're not writing books? Uh, Well, I go on lots of mountaineering expeditions in the Himalayas. I I, um, am associate, well, I'm the chair of the Himalayan Trust, which um, uh, runs education and healthcare programs in the Himalayas. And so I go to Nepal quite a lot um, to work on these various programs. Sorry to interrupt this program. This is Pia. I help Chloe make her show, Chloe Dilly Seeking Talents. The day when we were interviewing Peter, we had an internet outage, and this affected our ability to record in the studio we usually use. For this reason, we moved to another studio, and you'll hear a difference in the audio quality, but not in the quality of the interview between Chloe and Peter Hillary. We hope you enjoy the rest of this show. Do you think you will write another children's book soon? 
Look, it certainly has inspired me to think about writing a, another children's book. It's a really interesting process to tell a, a story that has a lot of fact, but also a lot of um, fiction to it as well. So I think I will. What is the style of writing in the book for Yaks and the Yeti? Well, the style of the book, I wanted to have a little bit of rhythm in the storytelling and also some sort of repetitive features, such as the names of the yaks, as if they're clip-clopping their way along the surface of a trail. So bringing in some rhythms to the storytelling, I suppose in a little way, a little bit of poetry. As you know, this is a talent show. What are your other talents? <laughs> well, look, I I love all sorts of activities. I've dedicated much of my life to mountaineering, climbing mountains, learning how to make important decisions up in very exposed situations. Um, I'm involved in a little bit of filmmaking. Um, and I think, look, my, my other talents are probably very basic, you know, just helping um, with general wear and tear around the house, things like that. Do you believe that a song or a melody can express someone's feelings better than just saying words? Yes, look, I, I think um, music can really add a whole lot, different level of um of emotion um, to ideas. And and actually, that's why I've tried to have a little bit of rhythm and the, the sounds of the yaks clip-clopping over the rocks as a repetitive theme. Who inspires you to write your books? Oh, look, both of my parents, my mother and my father, wrote books. And my mother wrote books about... Um, our family adventures. And so I guess she and my father were real inspirations for me to write books. What would you tell someone who wants to become a book writer just like you? Oh, look, I think you, you've got to want to communicate an idea. You've got to try to communicate the idea in a way that will be appealing to a specific audience. And then you've got to decide what it is that you want to communicate. And for me, the story of Lakpa was basically the idea of someone who was going on a quest, who was curious and was open to learn from the experience. How long did it take to finish this book and become a physical book that we can hold in our hands? Well, I've been working on this book for, I don't know, seven or eight years. I started and then I moved on with other projects um, and I've come back to it periodically. And just recently, um, during the pandemic, I um, got back into it and we found and sung to, to do the wonderful illustrations, and here we have it, the book that we can hold in our hands. Where can it be found and purchased? The book's um, been distributed all over New Zealand, so bookstores all over the country distribute the book, and you can buy it there. We also have it available on our Himalayan Trust website, which is the website of the organization that looks after schools and hospitals for people like Lakpa in the story up there in the Himalayas. 
Peter, now I'm going to ask you some questions that I always ask my guests in my show. What is the grossest thing that you can think of? The grossest thing I can think of? Um, well, they're probably not things I really want to talk about on the show. But look, I, I think perhaps the most disappointing thing I can think of is when someone doesn't follow their quest and go on an adventure. What is the closest thing to magic? Look, I think the closest thing to magic is the exhilaration you get from extraordinary experiences. And that's why I climb mountains, because you are exhilarated and it is magical. And I think the story about Luckburner's Four Yaks has a certain magic to it because of the experiences he has and what he learns from that journey. Could you please make some funny noises for us, please? Well, perhaps I could read you a little bit from the book, and it's the sound of the yaks as they move along the trail, making that yakety-nackety zop-jok-zoom sound. If you could travel in time, would you go back to the past or to the future, and why? I would probably go back to the past because I think I could understand it very well and, and have some insights into what's coming up. If I went into the future, I'm not sure I would understand it. I'm not sure that people would understand me because language changes over time. So I think you could feel very isolated and perhaps a little intimidated going into the future. Do you have a favorite character from other books? Look, there are lots of great children's books, but I think one of the, the, the most wonderful and simple stories um, is The Owl and the Pussycat. I think it's an absolute children's book masterpiece. Would you rather be able to speak 10 different languages or be able to understand all animals? <laughs> Well, I know a lot of people are working to understand animals, but I think I'd rather speak 10 different languages because then I know I could speak to just virtually everyone on the planet uh, by speaking 10 different languages, hold conversations with them, uh, hear what they're thinking and why, and share those sorts of experiences. What is the nicest thing you have done for someone? Look, I think when I, when I um, get opportunities um, to go on a special expedition where I can bring pe people with me, that is something I like to offer people. And my father did that over my lifetime. You know, I saw him inviting people on his expeditions, taking them up into the Himalayas to work with him on schools and hospitals. And these were life-changing events. He was very generous. And I tried to do some similar things, take them with me on my adventure travel trips, expeditions, and some of our philanthropic work as well. What is the best gift you have received? You know, I think the best gift I've ever received are gifts from my children and not something that is lavish and that they've spent all their pocket money on, but it's been a, a meaningful poem or a piece of writing or a lovely picture that really expresses 
um, who they are and what they're feeling and in respect to me. And I've really appreciated that. Do worms sleep? Look, I think all creatures have to sleep, but not all sleep the same. Many animals, such as birds flying, have an extraordinary ability to let one side of their brain rest while the other one looks out for them as they fly, so that they take turns sleeping on different sides of their brain. Worms, well, they don't have a brain so much, um, so I imagine that just because they live very, very sedentary lives in the soil, that they probably just are rested most of the time. Where does the wind come from? The wind comes from a high-pressure area to a low-pressure area. So if we have a, a high over New Zealand with beautiful blue skies, there is high pressure in the air. And if off the coast, um, out in the Pacific, there's a low-pressure air, the air will flow from high pressure to low pressure. And so the wind will flow out to the east. What do you miss most from your childhood? Oh, look, I think I miss, you know, the the family times that we had as a, a child. I had um, a wonderful upbringing. You know, my parents, I had two sisters. Um, but sadly, my mother and my little sister died in an air crash. And so there was a piece of my childhood that I never really had because they both died and I wasn't able to share some of that time with them. If you could go back in time, and what would you say to yourself as a 10-year-old boy? Oh, that's a difficult question. I think I would try to tell myself to take advantage of every opportunity and to go on adventures. But perhaps most importantly, to be big-hearted, to be generous. What does it mean for you to publish a book? It means a great deal because, you know, look, there's the acknowledgement of um, the publishers in the work that you've done and the illustrations that the illustrator has done. Um, and it's just wonderful to see it out there in the bookstores. But perhaps most important is to start to, feel, to get a little bit of feedback um, from the people who read the book. And so far, we've had some wonderful feedback. It's been very, very exciting to read. If you had one magic power, what would you choose? Oh, if I had one magic power, I would, you know, if I look at the news around the world these days, I would probably try to use that power to get the people um, who are running the world, the, the presidents and the prime ministers, to show a lot more dignity and generosity towards other people. Before we finish, would you like to greet someone or say anything to our listeners? 
Well, thank you for, for that opportunity, Chloe. You know, I just want to say to your listeners, it's so important to read, not just books, you know, read things online, but reading is the way to a world of imagination. It's the way into a world of possibility. You could do this or you could do something else. It really opens up the world of possibility. So, Look, read my book, For Yaks and the Yeti, but read lots and lots of books and lots and lots of ideas about what you too could go out and do. Thank you so much, Peter, for coming to my show. I have learned so much from this, this interview today, and I would just like to thank you once again. Oh, thank you, Chloe. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Chloe Lily Seeking Talents. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to catch up on any episodes you've missed on Plains FM or Apple Podcast. You can find us here at Plains FM 96.9 every Monday at 3.30pm and every Saturday at 9am. Why don't you share your talents with us too? Just call the radio office at www.plainsfm.org.nz. I can't wait to hear about everyone's amazing talents. Everyone have an amazing week. Till next time, bye.